when you can intellectually assess some things when, when, when it's getting harder or you're finding your behavior is, is harder to understand or control, the, the only way out of those traps is to back up almost in third person and analyze it instead of just sitting there in, in the, the swirling emotion of it. So, so Corey has a phrase that she will use quite often when people are talking about disordered eating behavior or just eating or behaving in ways counter to our goals. And, it, and it's all you know about the eating and the food and binging and so forth. Her phrase is, it's never about the food. It's never about the food. There's something else going on. There's something else we need to work on in our, our personality and our strength characteristics. And we got to take care of some of those things, do some patch up, and then we can apply that to the food and then it'll work. So another one of my friends, who's also a, a mental health therapist, he, he divides things up into content and process. So if, if he's sitting there with a marriage counseling session and the husband and wife are fighting and, you know, here's this problem, we're presenting to our counselor this problem. And he would say, look, you're like, you're fighting over a little piece of content. Like, you know, he won't unload the dishwasher. She won't do this. It, the whole process, like your whole communication process, the way you both think is so fucked up. Like no content is ever going to work. It's just not because, because the process is broken. So Corey will often use that phrase. It's not about the food. You know, if you're struggling with food, it's not about the food. Here's the caveat. When we are dieting to really extreme levels, it is about the food because uh, it becomes very physiological. You know, if you have these biological hunger cues that you're on the brink of starvation and your blood sugar's down to 40, it's about the food. So those are some times we have to really back up and again, assess exactly what's happening. And, and I will tell you the only time I've ever had a problem with binging was when I was a brand new pro and my experience was, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I had to work my way up through every level of competition. You know, my very first bodybuilding show ever last place, fin finally compete a few years and, and win a novice class, go to the open class, last place, all the way up to national level shows, last place, win my pro card, first pro show, last place. But when I stood on that stage and I was backstage with other pros, like Nigel Davis and Rob Hope and Dave Gooden and all of these legendary pros, I just didn't belong. I mean, I, as soon as they took off their sweats, I wanted to leave New York City. Like I just knew I'm going to walk out on the stage and embarrass myself. And so the next show, I want that, that, that was, I made a decision. This is never going to happen to me again. So I was willing to do two hours of cardio a day, three hours, four hours of cardio a day. I was willing to do keto. I was willing to do 50 grams of carbs a day. I was going to do anything to not experience that again. And that's when I started having problems because now I was doing too much cardio. Now I was trying to force my calories too low. All of a sudden I would find myself eating a protein bar and then I'd have six protein bars in one sitting. Like you, you have to want to binge if you're going to eat six protein bars. It's not like it was a gallon of ice cream, although I could do that. Uh, you know, I would remember having a couple peanuts thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have just two or three peanuts because I'm starving. And then pretty soon you have an entire jar of peanuts, which is probably like 400 grams of fat. I've never behaved like that before in my life. I've never behaved like that after in my life. It was just because I was pushing so hard 
it was biologically impossible to keep that pace. And we can run into that with ourselves or with clients, even if it's just waiting too long between meals, you know, maybe they just don't have the knowledge to know how to do intermittent fasting, right, as, as Tracy talked about or something. But, uh, you know, to me, Nicole, I think that's a lot of your story is having this past where you struggled and then your process of just trying to incrementally build your way out of it. To me, it sounds like you were working on the process and that's an important part to understand it, to, to give yourself that confidence. And now with, with that kind of mindset and confident improvement, you know, you can go in with, with a better process still having to make sure that we manage the content, right? That's why I'm, I'm never going to ask you to do things that are too aggressive and, and push you beyond physiological limits. But I, I just think that's a, a perfect way of explaining, uh, you know, or, or hearing your story on how that applies to, you know, why things can get tough and why we can make them tougher than they even have to be. Yeah. And you're right. Like, um, I learned, um, especially when working with you, because I was like, I was, you know, getting to a point where I was getting like, I was like serious, like, you know, 2021 with Joe of all people, like I want to reach this dream. I want to do this goal. Um, I, it got me more sensitive and attuned to the triggers, like what, what, what I thought was triggering me. And you're right. If, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't about the food, but I didn't know what it was if it wasn't the food. And I really got sensitive to finding that. And I realized it was um, work and what I thought other people would think about me, especially clients like through online. And I would notice certain times of day, like early afternoon, I was like, oh, I have this urge. And I realized if I just took a nap instead of eight, I'd probably feel better and have more energy to deal with some of the stuff that my clients are bringing me. Um, but then it, like I had to, I had to also set boundaries, like, and I think people misunderstand boundaries a lot where we think that we set boundaries because it's against other people. Like, no boundaries are for us, not against them, anyone, whether it's family or work or anything. But, um, I really had to do a few things to help me believe that I was not attacked, that I was not a problem. Like, so I, yeah, you're right. I had to work through a lot of those things. So I ate a lot because as a, as a way of trying to work through it, but I ate less and less and less until finally, you know, in the presence of an urge, I'd be like, okay, I have enough experience now to know that food doesn't solve this feeling. I know it's coming from work. Let's go outside. And I would try that and do that several times. And then I wouldn't even think about food when an urge would come up. So like, those are some great behavioral things that I think all of us in speaking of how we deal with the real work and sacrifice, you know, I, I think we've all done there. We've all done that or been there where, where we almost have to kind of make a list. Like if I'm super hungry, okay, I'm going to drink some water or I'm going to make sure I, I'm not in the kitchen or I'm going to take a walk or go outside. I mean, there are a lot of things you almost have to do in an AA kind of way to say, okay, I need to understand that I'm gonna have some struggles and I, I need to build in some guardrails. 